Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of La Magic Cast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Welcome to episode 215. Uh, so in this episode, we'll be talking about uh, Roma's Europa League win in Moldova yesterday, 2-1 win over Sheriff Terraspol. And we'll be doing a, a preview of Sunday evening's game against Torino in Turin. Uh, with me this afternoon, probably this morning for him in Canada, is Joey. How are we today on this Friday? Good, Scott. How are you? Yeah, all good. Uh, I missed the game yesterday, so I watched it on record. So I recorded it via TNT Sport 5. Did it the old-fashioned way. Uh, I went to a Greek restaurant to enjoy some Greek food yesterday with some friends. Had the gyros. Had to have a gyros. It's it's a staple diet, isn't it, Joey? Oh yeah, it is. If you think of uh, Greek food, it's uh, definitely the the gyros for sure. Oh. I think of two things: that and uh, when you go to weddings where they break plates. Those are the two <laughs> yeah <laughs> Greek traditions. I always yeah. uh, I always think of. Yeah, um, but how are you? You everything okay? Yeah, great. The weather's uh, nice today for being end of September, so I, I can never complain about that. So getting re- uh, getting ready for a relaxing weekend, hopefully, after a long week of work. And uh, yeah, going to get ready for uh, Roma Torino and uh, also happy to go into the weekend after Europa League win. Yeah, um, Serie A actually kicks off in about 56 minutes because Sal and Natana are playing Frosinone and it's Lecce Genoa this evening. And then there's like I think there's three games on Monday. Yeah, there's a there's two today and three on Monday, and I actually um, I can't wait to watch uh, a little bit. I'll have it in the background of uh, of Di Francesco ball. I want to see what he's going <laughs> to cook up today, guy. I, I don't know what's going on, but they've they've had a great start, which is kind of surprising to see. They have. They've done. They've had a really good start to the season, but. Um, when do we play them? We play them soon, I think. Oh, we play them on the 1st of October. Yeah, we play them. I think it's at home, right? It's after yeah. Genoa. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I, I know it should be games we should win, but I don't think any game is going to be easy besides, you know, maybe Empoli and you know, another team that, that probably will get relegated. But other than that, it's going to be hard games along the way. Right, should we talk about yesterday? Uh, a dodgy own goal, a Lukaku lovely finish, and a really good goal from Sheriff Terraspol. Um, 97 minutes. No, I think it was over 100 minutes because there was three minutes added time in the first half, seven for the second, another muscle injury for another Roma player, the same Roma player that got injured against Salonatana. Joey, what were your thoughts on yesterday's 2 1 win in Moldova? Uh, professional for the most part. I mean, I don't think they went all gun ho and, um, you know, tried to put in 100% effort. It could be they were tired. It could be guys like Awar coming back from injury. Obviously, Renato getting injured early. I think they were kind of sloppy in the first half, uh, especially with the passing. Um, but in the second half, they they really came together. They played better. 
um, after the goal. I think it motivated him, and I'm glad to see they mentally stayed focused even when they got scored on in the second half, which uh, the defense didn't clear the ball properly. They struggled a little bit on set pieces, um, but overall it was was an okay game. I It was one of those games where a good team didn't have the greatest performance but still came out with a win, and that's what good to great teams do to achieve things. You're not always going to play, you know, um, play out off the park of another team uh, every single game and dominate, but you need wins like this time and time again. We see Juventus have these type of performances where they're a little lackluster, a little sloppy, but they somehow come out with a win. So uh, I think Roma handled it in the best way they could. Uh, not the easiest in, uh, of environments in Moldova and one of the better teams in our group. But again, we still we still came out to win. Some good performances. I mean, Lukaku's goal yesterday showed something I feel like we were missing in in two years at least since Mourinho has been at the helm. Um, I don't feel Abraham or Belotti scores that type of goal. He got to muscle off a couple of guys and then get the shot off and get it accurately on target. So that's what we're missing as a key player. So he did very well. Um, I like obviously Dybala when he came on. Thing is, I'm not happy with Roma using the ball in that that sense. Like I would hope one European game he gets the complete uh, game off to rest, especially if we have these uh, fixtures coming up. But he still made a great impact. And to me, the man of the match was, um, people might say Cristante, and it could be him or Paredes, but I thought Paredes, when he came on, he was actually brilliant. He covered well defensively, um, especially on a few occasions when Mancini went down. I'll, I won't forget, uh, he went down clutching his head because he got hit as he was falling. Nothing on the Sheriff player and Paredes came back to cover his. He was so looked so comfortable on the ball, moved the ball very well. I thought it super well, and most players did all right, besides maybe Zaleski, which was a complete no show. And it's you know he's becoming a little bit of a problem. He's uh, he's sort of giving me this Florenzi type vibe, uh, too small, kind of out of position, don't know where he should play, and can't cross, and just underwhelming underwhelming performances. Um, but luckily. He was the only one. And then besides the the injury to Renato, I thought we did the best we could. Yeah, I agree. I thought Rick Carstock played quite well yesterday. Um, should have scored. Why didn't he shoot? I was a bit annoyed of why he didn't shoot from that. It's just, he, he didn't need to pass it to Al Shirari. I thought Al Shirari did okay for 60, 65 minutes. Well, it's 60 minutes when he was on. Um, what was it? He had four shots on goal. Could have scored a couple. Bellotti almost could have scored right near the end. Uh, for me, I thought Brian Cristante played really well, and I think he's coming into his own a bit further forward. I know I gave him some, some stick after the Milan game. And oh, honest, so did I. <laughs> I think everyone it gave everyone a bit of stick after the Milan game because they were appalling. But they bounced back really well. Um, the downside was Renato Sanchez's injury because I, I think it was just, what, after 25 minutes or 27 minutes? Yeah, he just pulled up. His right thigh felt something. They took him off. Look, when he, when he came off, Scott, I mean, it didn't look... Um, they didn't look terrible, I would say. It didn't look bad. So it could be something that they're being 
cautious about and maybe he'll miss yeah. a game or two, but he yeah. won't miss long term. But this is the problem with him. He has such great talent. He just he can't see time. because of the injuries. Yeah, exactly. And also, I'm glad you mentioned Karzov. I thought he had a pretty good game. I thought he was a little indecisive at moments, but be, between seeing him, Christensen, and Chelik, I still think he's probably our best wing back. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. as a complete package going forward and coming back. So he just that he should play a little more and also be more, you know, more assertive of what he wants to do. Um, he had times where he can always cut in with the ball and run by his defender. He just sometimes decided not to. I'm not sure why. And he had a chance to shoot, and he decided to lay it off to El Sharari. So once he can correct those things and make better decisions uh, more more of the time as he's playing throughout the match, I think it will just serve him better and be more effective. So, but I thought he did. I thought he did pretty well. So um, sh- shout out to him. Honestly, he uh, he he performed like we needed. We we needed a wing back to perform yesterday. On Sanchez, is it? Do you reckon? Because he, he's twenty. He's twenty six now, and uh, I'm not going to lie. Jose called him out on his injury, didn't he? Yesterday, um, and I saw some some quotes. Is it because do you reckon he's played football from such a young age? It could be an absolute stupid question I asked. Just remember, he, he's what he was sixteen, seventeen when he first made his debut for Benfica. Then got that massive move to um, to Bayern Munich. Yep, it was um, when he was sixteen, I believe. Um, but I think Scott, the injury started early. I don't even think they started um, later, like in his career. Like there, there, there are players that have maybe start at twenty, let's say, like I'm saying in a top league or whatever the case is, and you know maybe they'll start appearing with muscle injuries at thirty. So it's either he started too early where his muscles don't fully develop, which, again, I don't have any scientific data about, and this has been hampering him since, or that because he's playing from 16 and he's now 26, it's 10 years, that it's taking a toll on his body. But 20-year-olds that you know are playing at 30, um, again, I'm using just the, the second part of what I said, the latter part of a 10-year gap, they don't have the same muscle problems as he does. So that's why I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it, it's, it's kind of odd and nobody knows. Mourinho said it best. He's like uh, PSG have failed to understand it. Lil, Bayern have Bayern failed. Bayern Swansea. Munich has failed. Yeah. Lil Swansea. And we're struggling to understand it. That's exactly what he said. So I don't think he's taking a direct hit at Sanchez. He's just, he's probably annoyed at the problem, but so, so is Sanchez. So, um, they got to figure something out. It's he's a talent. He needs to be on the field, but it's not looking good. It's two injuries in three appearances. I mean, he has he has more injuries than goals. So, but he, obviously he did score a goal. But I'm just saying we can't see him on the field. I, I mean, I I don't know. I I don't know how else to address the situation. But they they need to do something. But if if PSG and Bayern cannot figure it out. Um, Lil cannot figure it out. And and these are all top level sides. Yeah. I, I, sh- I struggle to, I struggle to understand and I fail to understand how we can figure this out because people compare it to Dybala. I don't even think it's close to a uh, similar situation to Dybala. I think 
it's actually worse. Um, Dybala pulls up with injury, sure, but he still puts up, he could still put up 30 appearances a year in the right condition. I didn't even know if Sanchez can do that no matter where he goes. So I, I think I think there's there's certain levels of how to measure how often a player gets injured, and I think Sanchez is at a higher level than Dybala. So I don't even put them in the same category or the same level. I think Dybala is much more um, injury. I uh, sorry. I think Sanchez is much more injury prone than Dybala is, as what I can see. So I don't know how you how they're going to be able to correct this. It's it looks like it's mostly muscle injuries. Uh, I am on his transfer marked injury history page, and it's muscle injuries this season, uh, abductor problems, hamstring, a bruise, muscle injury, abductor injury. That was all at PSG, excuse me, during the 22-23 season. And then at Lille, it was muscle injury, muscle injury, muscle injury, uh, thigh problem, tendon uh, not tendon, uh, muscular problems, meniscal injury. So it's just a lot of muscle injuries. Yeah, but Scott, I, you know what's weird is it's um, when I see all these injuries, I know they write muscle injuries, but the ones I've seen for Roma or the ones I've maybe seen at PSG, it's not always the same muscle. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. It's not always the same issue. So if he always had a problem with his right abductor, like, what he has yesterday or his right thigh, which is what he had yesterday. If he has a problem with the same muscle, maybe it'd be easier to understand is how to correct it, but it doesn't seem to be that case. It seems sometimes he has a, an abductor problem on his left, then sometimes it's on his right, right. then it's his left hamstring, right. then it's his right hamstring, you know, then left it's his thigh, right thigh, yeah. It, exactly. It's not the same muscle. So that's what everyone's failed to understand is how to, um, get this guy to play more games like it i i don't uh, sorry how to yeah yeah how to get this guy how to get renato sanchez excuse me to play more game Mourinho even said that he played 45 minutes he was fit he did well they even took him off because they had a 3-0 lead they want to risk him and then they he couldn't understand that he couldn't last 27 minutes he was fine all week in training no issues he comes in 27 minutes and pulls up just feel something go. I think when when someone who's gone through so many injuries, if they know something is up, they have to go off. I think we've seen it quite a lot recently with Roma. What with Dybala, uh Was it Wijnaldum last season? And when we saw Diego Perotti, that's the player I was thinking. Who's just his last two years at Roma was just he was on. He was in the physio treatment room all the time. So I think with an injured player, I think if you feel something's going to go, it's best to take a precaution and go off. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, it's just, I think they may have gotten wrong in um, in the sense when Pinto um, got him. Scott, I think they looked at it as the Bala situation when they went to go try to get him. Yeah. Besides, you know, being it feasible for a transfer, et cetera. I'm just seeing when they looked at his injury, I, I felt like they thought, okay, it's like Dybala. Maybe we can manage him like Dybala and get the most out of him. Just again, I think he's just, he's even worse in terms of injury prone than Dybala is. Um, Dybala, I, I think it's, you know, he has, Dybala is obviously fouled a lot 
and um you Kicked know he to got high heaven yes yeah he got obviously the palomino was a freak accident um him it's repetition again but i think dibala can give you three four like really good full games before him getting injured where renato uh, doesn't you know barely gives you a half so I, I think it's even worse i think the underestimated how injury prone this guy is i i really like him scott i, I think he's tremendous for us i think he's a perfect complement to having an attack-minded midfielder like awar and um and let's say pellegrini and he's perfect to play alongside like a paredes or cristante is controlling the middle you know he mixes well with the the midfield group it's just they got to figure out how to pass this problem. Again, sorry to sound negative, but if the other top teams, you know, cannot figure it out, I feel I'll fail to understand how how we're going to be able to figure it out. But let's hope for the best, and let's hope he can come back shortly. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, should I talk? Should we go next on to Mister Europa League? I think he's now scored in 12 successive games in the competition for three different clubs. Everton, Inter Milan, and now Roma. Uh, Romelu Lukaku, two games, two goals. I think he's still a little bit short of match practice and match fitness. I think it shows a little bit, but I think he's contributing early. Um and I think he's contributing on what Roma want to do with him. And I feel the fans are, are, are getting behind him. But what did you think of his performance yesterday? It was great. It was great in a sense. Um, he made good on the chance he had because I don't think he got too many chances that game. But he had he had something we haven't had in two years where you have one chance, one goal as a striker. Um Abraham, even though he had a good first season, I still thought he missed a lot of chances. And don't get me wrong, Lukaku, Lukaku's a a meme of a miss of a chance. Like everybody knows this. I mean, people have made so many memes of how many easy chances he has missed or has gone in the way of people. Like we all know the Champions League final. But for us, I mean, the amount of chances that of Balotti and Abraham missed last year, this to me is refreshing. He had one chance and he scored. So that's something, I don't know about you, Scott, but that's something we haven't seen in, for me in a while from a striker, that we had one chance and we scored it. And that's what Lukaku had yesterday. So I thought he did well enough given he's not 100%. And you, uh, you, said, it's, you said it's what, 12 or 13 straight games he scored? I mean, 12. that number 12, yeah. That, that number speaks for itself. I mean, the guy has scored in 12 straight uh, Europa League matches. So... He, he, he knows what to do to get the ball into the net. So yes, he's going to miss chances like everybody else. But in games like this, where we absolutely needed him to step up on his one chance, he did it brilliantly off that play with DiBala and Cristante. So I thought he did as well as he could given the service he got. I don't think he he worked with very much. I think he gave a lot more service to other players by holding up the ball, but the service himself, I don't think much was there and. He did as well as he could with what he got, so I thought he had a pretty good game. Yeah, fingers crossed. Do you think the Dabala Lukaku situation? Do you, do you see it clicking now? Oh uh, yeah, definitely I do. I mean, it's uh, it's a couple games where we've seen like glimpses of how it looked, and um, 
we see it, we saw it again yesterday, right? So they had even just one great link up play, uh, while obviously with Crescente being involved, and it worked out well. Um, and even beyond just that, I, I see them getting an understanding of each other uh, more and more, and they seem to be growing as a pair, and I see good things from it. I, I really am hopeful for the pair. I hope Asmoon and Velotti, who are behind them, I hope they can just keep themselves motivated. Velotti always for sure, but because you can't uh, always rely on just them two. It's obviously... It's going to be all four. You're going to need Etienne to come up goals in, you know, in difficult situations when we absolutely need them. It was Capello Scott today that said it. I don't know if you read his comments or his quotes saying that Roma are going to rely too much on Dybala and Lukaku, which I think he is correct. We're going to rely a lot about him, but we hope for the players behind him to be able to link up just as well. So they can kind of, you know, take off a bit of the burden on them when goals are needed and those guys aren't having a good game. So, but yeah, going back to the partnership, uh, I think it's growing as each game uh, goes on and we'll continue to see it get better and better. If this is only just the start, I can't wait for what's going to happen later down the line. Uh, well, exactly, Scott. Uh, before we continue, it's what? Uh, Lukaku has two goals and Dybala, since they've been together, and Dybala has two goals as well. It's four goals and two Four games. goals, yeah. So it's the numbers are there right now. So they're, uh, I mean, they're starting off super well. It's just they got to continue form and hopefully, knock on wood, they stay healthy and they continue to produce. Uh, before we finish, uh, finish this part and then we talk about the Torino game, can we talk about Brian Cristante's assist? Brilliant. Oh. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> I mean, every time I, I make I make fun of him, I shit on him on the podcast, I talk bad about him in a certain role, He, I think he listens, he says, shut up, Joey, shut up, La Magica, shut up, everybody, I'm going to perform. <laughs> and that's what he does. It's crazy. I don't. I never thought he'd be a good Mazzala. I said it. He can turn as well. Look, I said it last episode, but he turned up today and he played it. Is he going to be the best one? No, but he's hardworking, intelligent, and he knows what to do in certain areas. So if we're not going to have Ronaldo, I think it's a good option to have, and he can play both roles. It's it's good for him. He's very. He's obviously uh, tactically. He's uh, he's tremendous in knowing how to play both the deep-lying role uh, in front of the defense, which he did before Renato got injured, and playing that Mazzala role. So, wonderful assist, and I thought he did super well. He even had a chance at the end of the game. Um, could have done a little better with the finish, or straight at the keeper, but... It's a good save. Yeah, it's yeah. a good save, but he knew where to be, he knew what to do, and uh, hats off to him. I, I think that right side was uh, was really strong all game, and it, it made up for the lack of the left side... Um, when Kazawar, I I don't think had the greatest had the greatest game, right? So, um, so yeah, my hats off to Cristante. He really he really silenced the critics. That's how I'll leave it. He really did well. Just remember, he did play further forward and scored. I think it was ten goals in his last season at Atalanta. I think uh, uh, Gasparini played him as a trequartista, so he played him as a number ten. Behind the two the, the two strikers that they had that season, I would imagine it was sixteen seventeen 
in his last season in Bergamo before Roma snapped him up. And then I think he's he can play further forward. I think against the bigger teams, I would like to say him play. I would like to see him play a little bit deeper, like against Milan, where I think if ninety five percent of the teams got found out, the players right. got found out. Right. Um, if we had Scott Renato fully healthy with no problems, maybe. But the thing is, I think Paredes and Cristante are cementing themselves as starters mm. um, right now. And if that's the case, you know, Mourinho, I think he's very uh, he's very set on his ways too. Not, not that he's wrong in any case, but I think we'll continue to see this pairing of Cristante as the Mazala as playing the number eight, and Paredes as the deep-lying playmaker, especially if they play together. The only other way you can do this, and this is, um, you know, thinking Renato is injured, is you play both Pellegrini and Awar, which they can play together, but that might be a little too offensive for Mourinho. So I personally think you'll see him more in that role than you will as the the deep-lying playmaker. Because I like Bove. I like when he comes on. To me, he's like the El Shorari midfield. When that guy comes on, you put him in the 70th minute, I think he's tremendous. He's just, to me, he's not efficient enough as a starter. Um, where same with El Shorari, um, it's the same thing. El Shorari, to me, is much better. Obviously, out wide, maybe as a wingback role because Zaleski, like I said, not doing too well. Or if he comes in as a super sub, that's, that's his role. That's where I think he's mostly efficient. Same with Bove. So that's why I said, I think you'll see Cristante play that spot uh, a lot more than what we think. Sorry, I had my, I had my mic on mute. I was apologizing. So as a slight day, I agree, but um, I do like what I've seen from Cristante in the last couple of games. Um, and it all adds to depth in that midfield, doesn't it, Jerry? Where I think when everyone's healthy, it's one of... Cristante Paredes is the holder, Samawa and Lorenzo Pellegrini. Yeah, if uh, if everyone's healthy, the way I see it is uh, Paredes and uh, Cristante, they play that same role, they rotate, but it's good that Cristante can play both. This is what I like because we do suffer from injury, so this is needed, so it's nice. I always see one of Pel- one of Pellegrini Awards the more attacking and the box to box one of Bove and Renato. I think that's gonna be in my mind that and then Pagano is the seventh where he just comes to fill in it, you know, in one of the two Metzala spots. But that to me in my mind is always gonna be the fifth. Who which three you play? Well, you play the bet who's playing the best at the moment, who's in form, who's healthy, whatever the case is. But to me, Renato and Sanchez are the similar box-to-box, the engine, the up-and-down. The Pellegrini and Awar are the one with with the ball. Well, when Pellegrini's, you know, fully healthy and mm. not struggling like he has been last little while, they're the ones who push forward and help the attack as kind of putting themselves behind the striker. Um, and then the deep-line playmaker in Cristante and Paredes, so... But if Cristante keeps playing as well as Manzala, it's going to be very hard for Mourinho to take him out. So he might play there more. But that's how I always envision this Roma when I see those six uh, players. And But this is fun for Mourinho and fun for us, right? We get to mix and match 
good quality. It's not like we're bringing in camera off the bench or, you know, we have to bring in um, Tahirovic and then Bove, you know, last year before he started to grow into his own. Mm. So that, that was more difficult to see. Now we actually have options, which is, which is really nice. So uh, I'm glad for, and I just hope they can continue this, be healthy and continue this strong play going forward. The bench looks stronger now, doesn't it, with the added depth? Yes, it does. I mean, on the weekend, you know, if as Moon can even start coming into his own, we can we won't start with him, but you know, it's somebody we haven't seen much yet. We can maybe see him off the bench, and we can see what he can do. This is nice. You know, you bring in as Moon over last year. I know it's a different formation. I'm just saying, attacking wise, when you needed a goal. You're bringing on Volpato. Yeah, Volpato, Shamorodov. So we know those guys, well, Shamorodov, we know he didn't pan out, and we know Volpato is probably just too young. He has talent. But just to say, that's what you're, that's what you're bringing on. Same with uh, Celic, because Karsdorp was injured most of the year. You bring on Missouri uh, towards the end, because Karsdorp was injured and he had problems, which they're now past. So for anyone who doesn't know, he spoke in the conference, Karsdorp, him and Mourinho are past the issue, so he has a plethora of options. I'm not saying they're the greatest, but you do have options. The only t- option you don't have right now is center back. It's the only place you don't really have depth. They have the same problem as uh, last season. They've they, got four they, fit center backs. Right, and now one is injured. This is what I was saying. One is injured, so you're forced to play your only three remaining, and you have yeah. none on the bench. That's what I was saying. We're in a three back. You always need a. You always need five defenders because now Smalling is injured. You're forced to play. Um, three, Lorente, Mancini, and Indica. And then your option off the bench is actually Celic, is your, your fifth right now. Yeah, he, he can play right centre-back. Back. Yeah, sorry. Three exactly. fit centre-backs and Chris Morning, who's picked up an injury. Um, in the other game, it was Servet nil, Slavia Praha 2. So Slavia Praha on top on goal difference after match day one. Uh, Roma plays Servet next, and then um, they have Slavia Praha at home. So it's back-to-back home games, and then it's the two games against Slavia Praha uh, in October and November. Um, If they can win, Scott, those two games, um, the next two home games of the Europa League, I think they'll be able to clinch first. Because I didn't watch – I watched – I looked a little bit at the Servet Slavia Praha game and Serbia were even home. They just, I mean, they didn't. <laughs> it didn't look great. So um, I just, I just think if you win your two home games in Slavia Praha, which right now is your biggest competition, you're you're in the clear running for first, and then maybe you can ease off uh, a little bit afterwards. I, I actually want to ask you, Scott, is um, one thing I wanted to bring up. We didn't bring up the defenders. Uh, two things. What were your thoughts on? Indica, first of all, and second, how do you like Urente playing in the middle? Because I actually think he looks more comfortable in the middle than he does on the outside. I'll answer the second one first because I think Roma have been lacking a ball playing centre back in the centre for a while. Not to discourage Chris Morning, a wonderful defender for Roma and has been throughout his career, but his one weakness is he's not great on the ball. So when he tries to bring out the ball from the back, he has to pass it sideways to either, last season it was Abanez or Lorente and to Mancini. But with Lorente, he's quite tall. He's, he's wonderfully technician. He's technically gifted on the ball. 
so when he brings the ball out from defence, I watched a, a couple of clips from Sunday. I think one of them may have led up to the second goal, and and there's been screenshots of it on social media. Is that he brings out the ball out of defence, passes it to I think it's either Paredes or Renato Sanchez, and they start the attack from the goal. Um, I like him in the centre because it gives you the chance of the ball playing centre-back and he can start to bring out the ball from the defence and start the attacks from a deeper position and just to funnel the balls to the midfield to either Awa, Paredes, and when he's fit, Sanchez or Cristante, not just passing it sideways. And Dika, I thought he did well uh, against the two attackers, Yesterday, oh, I thought played pretty well for um, Sheriff. Uh, there was the Cam- is it? I think he's Cameroonian. The guy up front is it Ngom who played Ingom, pretty well. Yeah, yeah he looked right. he looked really really lively and um, he looked he looked pretty. Uh, sorry, he played pretty well. Sorry, was Dillian there, but I've been impressed with um, with him, Dicker. I think. It may take him a little bit longer to acclimatise to Serie A because he's come from the Bundesliga where I feel maybe the league is a bit faster paced. Um, well, he's done really well for Frankfurt. Look, he won the Europa League two years ago. Um, but I think he's done well when he's brought in. Uh, brought in His debut last week, sorry, last Sunday was just like, I think you could probably stick anyone in there and they would have done well. Um that's not we a, could have played Scott yeah, against him. I, I, I don't think me at 36 would have survived <laughs> that long. I think, no, he's coming. He's done well. Um, I, I look forward to seeing him when he's more acclimatised to Italian football. Because I feel, and I, I and I agree what Mr Solano said about him in the pre-season, I feel... We've got a player here, maybe 40, 50 million euro player down the line. I think we've got something. And to get him on a free is a smart move. But what were your thoughts? Um, for I'll start with the second one as well. Like I mentioned, I thought Llorente looks more comfortable as the middle center back as opposed to an outside center back. Usually an outside center back, you've got to be more aggressive. Um and in terms of tackling, where I think as a middle, you just got to be, you just got to carefully be smarter. You've got to um, sort of drop off, survey what the other center backs are doing, and then go from there, which I just think best suits what Llorente uh, is doing for Roma. And with the ball at his feet, you're right, it helps us build better. I'm not saying he's bad on the outside, I just think he looks better in the middle. It's two games now we see him there, and he just looked way more comfortable. Um, so I actually liked him there. Um, and it, I actually thought it benefited Roma having a ball-playing center back. Again, nothing on Chris Smalling. He'll always be our first choice at center back, for sure in the middle. But I think Llorente has a spot there, really. So that's a good rotation that he can fill across the line. And as Indica, um, he'll definitely learn. I think there's a couple moments where he was a little too aggressive and, you know, people were getting by him because of his aggressiveness, which I don't think it's always a bad thing because I like sometimes when center backs are aggressive, you know, they win the ball back higher in some cases, um, kind of what Ibanez tried to do last year. 
and um, he'll get he'll get more assimilated with the league. And once he does, he'll start doing better. Where if he wins the ball up higher, just creates us more opportunities. I think he's obviously strong and fast. And you're right, twenty three year old could be worth forty fifty million in a couple of years. There's certainly a player there. Uh, ball at his feet, he looks well. I'm not saying he was the most comfortable yesterday, but you can tell he has good technique with the ball at his feet. So uh, I can't wait to see more of him. I thought it's a really good signing, and I thought he did well enough yesterday. So hats off to him, and I like more what I see with Jorente. So it's gonna be it's gonna be promising. Looking uh, forward to the rest of the season. Agreed. Um, Sunday, Torino. I think this may be a bit of a stiffer opposition apart as not from last Sunday because sadly Paolo Zanetti got the chop and Aurelio uh, Andrezzoli got uh, recalled back to the uh, the Empley uh, dugout. He was in charge a couple of seasons ago and did really, really well. Uh, but Torino, they're seventh in Serie A. They beat San Antonio 3-0 three, uh, on Monday. Uh, Alessandro Bongiorno and Nemanja Radonjic with two. Um, I think this may be a tougher, tougher test on Sunday. Um, just remember, Roma won in Turin last season on Easter Saturday, thanks to a Dybala penalty. But how are you feeling going into this? Because there's a lot of games coming up because Roma also travelled to Genoa on Thursday. So it's two sort of tough away games before the Frosinone, Frosinone sorry, home game on the 1st of October. Yeah, it's um it's gonna be tricky, Scott. I mean they they played pretty well last year, even though we scored the penalty we won, we kinda played that style where we're just gonna defend and we obviously did it very well last year. Um we're just gonna defend the lead once we scored because we scored that penalty pretty early on. And um I always think Roma Roma there's certain teams where they suffer away, you know, Genoa being one of them, which we play midweek afterwards. Sampdoria was one for a while. Was one for a while. That stadium, we don't play well. No. In Torino, I don't think we play our best games. So Torino's there, uh, Genoa's there, and Calvary for me are... I'm I'm talking of some of the lower teams. Those are some of the teams we struggle to play when we play in their stadiums, in my opinion. Torino, I think a little more successful (coughs) than Genoa and Calvary. So um, it's going to be tricky. I... Look, we have to continue performing. We did well. We won two games in a row now. This this is the time where they need to continue. It's nice that they won 7-0. It's nice they beat Sheriff, but we need to just go on a run of games. Like It's been a while since we just go on a run of games where we just win. And that's what we need to start doing. We have a favorable matchup starting with Torino. Um, it is going to be a tricky game, but they really got to focus and put a lot of intensity to come out with the three points. So I don't know my feeling if, if they'll win, but I'm hopeful enough that they'll continue off this good run of form and do well and hopefully come home with a positive result. Fingers crossed because the, the games do come quick and quick and fast. And Torino, right. I don't think they started the season. Wow. Before they picked up the two wins. I think they picked up a late win. On match day three against uh, against Genoa, uh, I think it was what ninety. Yeah, Rodonia was ninety plus four um, after a slowish start. I think they lost. 
Or well, they lost the they lost away at Milan on the on match day two, and oh, they play Lazio on match day six. Here's match day six, yeah. So they drew nil nil away at Calgary on the first day of the season. Um, lost to Milan, beat Genoa, and then beat San Lantana. So they they're coming into form after a slowest start. Like I love their manager. I think. Maybe if it's not this season, maybe the next season after, I think Ivan Juric will get a, a, a job at a bigger club in Italy. Um, who knows? It may be in the capital. It may be somewhere else. But I think he is a top-class manager and his teams really do well. Like his Hellas teams were amazing to watch and Roma did struggle against them. It's just, I feel this is, this is going to be a tougher test from last Sunday where... You could have stuck ten people out on that pitch against Empoli, and they could have and they could have done a job and picked up three points. That's no disgrace on Empoli because they have been utterly appalling this season. But I just feel Thursday, Sunday, if we manage to sneak something, I'd be absolutely delighted and make it three wins in a week. That'd be that'd be wonderful after the slow start. Yeah, it would be, and I'm glad you mentioned Juric, Scott. He uh, he's one to always be able to uh, to coach well, to coach a team well versus Roma. So he's really the the key in all this. Is uh, if I can pick anybody that's a thorn in our side, is Juric is one of them. He always does well against Roma. He knows how to coach against them. So that's where my worry is. And one matchup I look forward to seeing again. It's it's actually a rematch of. Uh, Last year, when they went up against each other, um, was uh, Zapata versus Llorente. If you oh. remember, Scott, we we had a podcast where Roma played away and they lost three one to Atalanta. You know, during that whole run of games, they had a bunch of injuries. Pellegrini yeah. scored that lovely goal, but Zapata uh, bullied us. Yes, yes, he bullied specifically Llorente. I remember coming on the podcast and talking about how Llorente kept getting bullied off the ball and kept getting shielded off by Zapata. And we're now going to see that again. So it's going to be interesting to see. I hope I hope we can get more of those 50-50 duels, more with Mancini and Indica on Zapata, more than Llorente. But I just remember he targeted Llorente a lot because that's that's Llorente's weakness of his game is his, uh, is his physical attributes, his strength. So when you have someone like Zapata... Um, who's able to, you know, use his most, um, his strongest, his strongest, uh, yeah. sh- sorry, his strongest uh, uh, asset is his strength. Excuse me. It's uh, that's where you know there's matchup problems, and we're gonna see how Yorente can, because I don't think Smalling will be available. So no, I you, think he's, I think he's not fit. Exactly. So you're gonna see how Yorente comes up against Zapata. And just last season, it just worried me. He always was able to shield the ball, protect it, bring others into play, and bully off Yorente. Let's just hope this time around Yorente can get the better of him, and let's hope Roma can get the better of Juric and Torino. I think Torino, it, I think I expect a bit more from them this season. I think they struggled for goals last season. Oh, what was it? Tony Sanabria and Pietro Pellegri up front. The, the most of their goals this season have been come from a player who's very, very hot and cold in Radonjic. Um, 
I think I spoke to some Marseille fans a couple of years ago on their pods. I think it was the Marseille view. Um, shout out to those guys. And then I think members are talking about Radonjic um, being very, very hot and cold. But he started the season well. I think this is this is. I think this after the last four or five days and the two wins in the league and in the Europa League. Tomorrow, uh, Sunday's the acid test especially when you've got games against Genoa, who are playing away at Lecce tonight. You've got Frosinone next, the following Sunday, so next Sunday. Um, then you have to play Servette in the Europa League. And I it, forget who we got the last day before the international break in October. It will come to me. Uh, so you said we have, obviously, Genoa, Frosinone. Um, Servette. Mm-hmm. Servette Calgary, which I Calgary. mentioned, which I mentioned another game where I, I don't know if we're home. I no, we're away that game, right? It's just as poor as a team could be, we struggle at that stadium. I'll never forget Marco Sau. Yeah. The double red, no matter what we do, that stadium just haunts us. So again, tricky matches, but we have the team to do it. So yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be tough, but I'm kinda hopeful with the team we have. I watched Calgary against Udinese last Sunday. Um, I think they will struggle for goals this season. I think so too. Yeah, they they look they look like not to be disrespectful for Mister Ranieri. Mister Ranieri is a wonderful coach and has done so much for the game and the in the tenure that he has, um, but. He did a brilliant job taking Kyrie up from Serie B last season to beat Bari in the final, I think it was. I watched parts of the game against Parma and they were they were quite lucky to get through that. Um, Parma should have beaten them hands down in, at the Tardini. I was in Italy at the time, but uh, I watched the game Sunday. They looked quite compact. They looked like they're going to be hard to be broken down. Uh, they had the better of the opportunities, but they just struggled to score. Yeah, I exactly. Think. Who's going to score for them, Scott? I don't think you can rely on Patania. To me, Lapadula is just, I, I don't know. It's I, I never see a player in him in Serie A. You have Shamuradov, which he struggled. You know, Spezia last season, obviously Roma. And Pavoletti, I believe, is injured. So. Yeah, they've got a, a guy up front who I quite liked is uh, Zito Lovumbo. Oh, Lovumbo. Yes, him yeah. too. Yeah, maybe. He's, <laughs> he's Angolan. Uh, so he's what, five? I think he's like five, nine, five, ten. Uh, he's 171 meters. What's that, five, eight, five, nine? Quite low center to gravity, left, all left foot. Likes to cut in from the right. Uh, played a lot in Serie B last season. He's already scored in Serie A this season, but we're going off on a tangent and looking at games later on <laughs> down the line. But he, I, I quite like the look of him last week against um, against Udinese. But I am looking forward to Sunday. I think Sunday's the acid test. And then there's games where they, it comes quick and fast. Like you said, you've got January, you've got Frosinone, you've got Servette, and then you've got Calgary, and then after the international break, got three big games: Monza at home, uh, Slavia Praha at home, and then Inter. Who, bar 
Wednesday night in San Sebastian just look head and shoulders above the rest in Serie A this season. They did. Uh, they did. I think, um, you know, that, that Sociedad game, which beating Sociedad's not for everybody. You know, <laughs> uh, too bad. And not right, Scott, not everyone could beat them. But anyways, um, I think, you know, they're, they're definitely far and ahead the best team in Serie A right now. Um, I think Arnautovic struggled that game, so they didn't really have uh, Taram. I think it was Taram who didn't start for them. Or was it Lataro? was one of the two. Um, I wasn't able to watch the game, but it just made sense where what I was reading about Arnautovic struggling a bit. So they didn't have their 11 that's been going strong every game. So it's it a was, tough environment too, playing against Sociedad. So. Yeah, it but, was Arnautovic. Sorry to interrupt, Joey. It was Arnautovic and Lautaro. So it was and, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, again, uh, Timu struggled. They managed an away draw against Sociedad. So... Good teams know how to just not lose in that sense, and that's what I was emphasizing for Roma before, and that's what I was I was saying. So, but Inter definitely uh, uh, best team so far in the league. Couldn't be stopped. Killed in the derby. I mean, just smashed Milan. It was not even a contest. So uh, they're going to be tough all season. But, I mean, let's just hope Roma can finally start showing up in the big games when they when they do play them in October. Yeah, um, before we wrap this up, how do you feel the Italian team's done in Europe this season? So, uh, this season? Bloody hell, it's only been one game in, Scott. Uh, this week, sorry, there's been, what, there's, in the Champions League, it was, was it three draws and a win? Yeah, yeah uh, Milan drew, Lazio drew, uh, Inter drew, Inter and, drew and Napoli won. won. And in the Europa League, it was an Atalanta win, Roma uh, and a Roma win, and in the Conference League, I think I it was think a draw. Fiorentina drew two-two at Genk. Yeah, two-two. Yeah. Disappointing, but yeah. Um, I mean, uh, two wins out of uh, seven, I believe. With uh, sorry, three wins out of seven. With four draws, it's not four. bad. It's not, it's bad. not bad considering the only one, the one that probably disappointed the most because they deserved to win was Milan. Against Newcastle. Against Newcastle, yeah. They they played, I mean, they dropped off a bit in the second half, but that first half they should have scored. I don't know how they didn't. 25 shots on goal. Yeah, it was crazy. They, sh- they should have won that game. I don't know how they did not win that game. And I, I said it before, I am up until it gets to like a semifinal or a final case, I will root for Italian teams. I want Italy to get that fifth spot. So again, for people who don't know, if you come top two in the UEFA rankings at the end, if all your countries together manage get, to come top two, you get a fifth spot. Yeah, you get the fifth spot. Italy it goes, came second last year, just to give reference. They came so you, second after England. Yeah, so you want all the Italian teams to do well in Europe next season. So it gives ample opportunity to the team who finished in fifth to get into the pot of gold that is the Champions League because next season in Europe all three go into the league phase where it's 36 teams I think it's 36 and 34 for the other two and you play eight games and in the Conference League you play six Um, we'll probably go a bit more in depth on that next season but yeah it's it's important for the Italian teams to do well Um, 
they're unbeaten this week on match day one, which is a good start. We had a goalkeeper score in the 95th minute. And to save with, them, yeah. I was going to ask you what are your thoughts about it, Scott. With, I thought he had better movement than Immobile. Oh, it was a wonderful head. I literally switched on the, the BT, the, sorry, the BT, the TNT Sport Goal Show. Um, I was watching Blue Bloods at the time, and I, I, the episode finished. I was like, oh, it's about 10 minutes left of the games. So I watched the end of it. Um, sort of chaos. Could have had a handball. But a lovely header. That's his second header for um, for Providal. He scored for I think it's was it was he at Ascoli or was he at Juve Stabia? And he scored for them, and it was against that team. I saw the clip on YouTube and on Twitter. Yes, and, and I also saw that he was uh, he used to play as a striker before they moved yes. him to the goalkeeper. So he yeah. has, I guess, a, a bit of instincts about it for sure. For sure, right? Oh, that was a brilliant. That was a brilliant header. But this, uh, but Scott, the game overall again in Rome. I thought they were a little, they were a little disappointing. Uh, they could have. I know Atletico once they scored, Simeone likes to pack it in, but they weren't finding any way to create chances opposite to what Milan were doing. So, I think it was an okay week. I mean, Fiorentina missed chances. Napoli, my God, I know they won, but. They have to finish off those chances they had at the beginning. Them too. Same with Milan. The only one that kind of saved themselves for a draw was good for them, I think, was Inter. I think Inter didn't play well and they managed a draw where the other teams should have, like Milan or Fiorentina, should have won a game, but they ended up drawing. So you look at it in kind of both ways. But they didn't lose, at least to start. So we got to hope they all can qualify and continue move forward. But it was an okay week. Yeah, I, it wasn't great, wasn't bad. So that's that's how I'll leave it with the Italian teams in Europe. Something to work on. Uh, Providel played for uh, Juve Stabia. So, okay. uh, so it was in 2020. So it was before COVID. He scored in, he scored in a 2-2 draw against Ascoli. So he's got two career goals, one in Serie B and the other in the Champions League. <laughs> Uh, you think they should? Um, do you think they should put uh, start putting Provadel up front when they need a goal? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It could be Italy's new number nine. Oh, I'd probably do better than some of the ones we have now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's got two career goals and two hundred two career goals and two hundred eighty seven appearances. That's madness. That's brilliant. Also, uh, it was a great header. Great movement. Great crossing from Luis Alberto also. I've given too much credit for Lazio. I apologise, but credit no, I, is credit is due. It's due. And it, they're it's in the Champions League. Yeah. yeah. It's I, I hate Lazio Scott, but it was definitely due and it do. And if you look at the um, if you look at the movement of the header, he was the only one that made that movement. It's crazy. Nobody else like moved. It was it was just nuts. So I was like, wow, and he was unmarked. He was supposed to be marking him. Uh, who? Antoine Griezmann. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, he was the cl- he was the closest one next to him. Yeah. Well, he didn't do a very good job. I guess that's why he plays in the attack. <laughs> right, Joey. Do you have anything else to add as the next um, area, as the next area uh, round of fixtures kick off in three minutes? 
Yeah, so since you mentioned that, Scott, do you have any predictions, Salitana Frosinone or Lecce Genoa? Uh, I will be watching the latter. Um, I think I think you might see some goals this, this Friday afternoon slash evening. Uh, I think you may see a high-scoring draw in the Salitana Frosinone game. And I think you may see Lecce get their third win in a row. Ooh, okay. Uh, I, I was going to say maybe a Lecce draw with Genoa. Ah, uh, yeah. And I'm going to be bold. I think Di Francesco Ball is going to win again today. Oh, Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> Di Francesco's back, baby. The 4-3-3, it's back. Ah, uh, Joyce. The, Fran- the Di Francesco memes and gifts from four years ago will come back. Five oh, there's so ago. many, Scott. You know, for, for a lot of the bad that's on Twitter and X, the, the good of the videos made about Di Francesco, the memes, is just at least it brings me joy to my day where I can just laugh. Uh, it brings me such joy. Ah, <laughs> uh, joys. Uh, guys, you can follow us at lemagicast.com. You can find all our episodes, the backlog of episodes, on the website. And you can find us on all podcast platforms, so Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, etc., etc. We'll be back on Monday after the game at the weekend and then probably this time next Friday after the game against Genoa. Uh, Joey, thank you very much for taking almost an hour out of your time on this Friday morning. Is it or is it switched over into afternoon? Switch now to afternoon. It's half past twelve. Yep. It's half past five here in the UK. The sun is out after a, a bad few days with the rain. Enjoy your weekend, guys. Enjoy the football of what any league you are watching. And hopefully, when we come back on Monday for episode 216, we'll be talking about a perfect week for Roma and Serie A in Europe. Ciao. Ciao.